1: Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Happy belated Valentine's Day. And I don't know what it's like where you are, but where I'm headquartered in Pittsburgh. It is snowing. It's not snowing at Voice America, though, in Arizona, but it is snowing here. (laughs) And I also have to say, I have to send a special shout-out to Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko is a disability rights leader that we all look up to, and we all love so much. So, Yoshiko, Hi, I know you're shouting back. We have great sponsors for this show, Highmark, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and Cavestro Corporation. And I am so thankful to them because that's what makes it possible. This is thirteen years I've been on. Hard to believe. But that's what makes it possible to spread the good news. And speaking of spreading the good news, if I don't have Mr. Spread the Good News on today, I never will, because he is just the epitome of joy. He's joyful, and he has done so much for so many people across the United States, well-known in the Hollywood industry, but very well-known to young people with disabilities and adults across the United States that he is helping. He is making a difference. He is a great person. Michael Pritchard, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, thank you very much, Joyce. I'm so always so honored to be with you. You're the best.
2: And, by the way, Michael... Is a national speaker. He's nationally acclaimed speaker and youth motivator, and we'll talk a little bit about. He also has a past entertainment uh, career, and he actually made a decision to make a move. He won the prestigious California Probation Officer of the Year because he started his career as a juvenile counselor helped so many people, and here's my question. How did anyone talk you into then moving from a career you had to a career in Hollywood? I know you were on TV, you were in Taxi, you played many venues, you were at Caesars Palace, you performed with very well-known stars, and uh, I, I mean, you did so much, very well-known. How did you ever make that move? From, counselor... To Hollywood.
3: Yeah, well, Joyce, you know, I was married, uh and I had the most wonderful loving wife. We've been married 37 years now, and I I wanted to have kids, and I wanted to have a happy family life, and uh an emphasis on happy, and when I was down around the Hollywood thing, and, and you can imagine that there's a lot of, I, I don't know why this is so, but it is it is so. There's a lot of depression in show business industry. There's a lot of it. And uh, you could, it was almost palpable. You could feel it. As a person who's uh, a counseling, you know, really depleted, neglected, abused, and isolated and self-isolating kids, I was looking around and seeing the exact same things in many of the Hollywood folks that I was seeing in the children that I was working with. And, uh, you know, they had massive salaries, massive fame, massive fortune, massive temples of me that they built. And I looked around and I was thinking more along the lines of a simple life with happiness and joy. And it it, it is what I've created and and been very happy ever since because I went and I work with kids with disabilities. I, I still do. I, uh... I film what I would have been doing in Hollywood. The film we just completed in Nigeria is called The Uplifting Down. And we're being honored. It's about Down syndrome children in Nigeria. We're being honored by the United Nations for our work. Wow. Uh, They're going to show it on World Down Syndrome Day at the U.N. Oh, my goodness. What is
2: that called?
3: It's called Uplifting Down
2: uplifting down and that is amazing how that is being recognized although I'm not surprised with you but I mean what like what gave you the ability to go from one career juvenile counselor to Hollywood I mean very few people could do that
3: well you know I always tell everybody that money is like fire it's an excellent servant it's a horrible master If we set our goals uh, to just have money, we'll miss out. There's a new study by Dr. Waldringer from uh, Harvard University, a 75-year study, including Harvard men from back in 1938, Joyce, to now, and then they included women, and they also included young, poverty-stricken children from Boston in this study. And, uh, it's a 12 minute film on Ted Talk right now. And pretty much it tells everybody what I already knew as I walked into that show business world that, uh, happiness is built on relationships. What you and I have, what Mary, uh, who works for you has because we're family. We have family love, relationships, kindness, compassion, thoughtful work. And, uh, it was easy for me to walk away what Seemed so, at times, sad, plastic, and pretentious to something really loving and kind and compassionate. So it wasn't a very stru- a hard, a hard choice for me as a person of faith. I'm a strong Catholic. I'm a big Irish Catholic guy, and uh, being a cop on the streets, you know, when you're working probation, parole, you you realize you have to be very, very strong believer in the importance of uh, God and then family, and then community unity. That's how I still roll.
2: I know you do, but I still think very few people could go from cop to Hollywood. You're obviously <laughs> very You know, talented. I'll tell you a story. I mean, you obviously have a yeah. lot of gifts. You know, most people, oh, you know, they're not going to be able to do that. I mean, right. how you know, to, to even get into show business... I know so many people want to, they right. never do, right. and it's sort of like you just sort of walked into it.
3: Yeah, you know, I had uh, unintentionally, I won the San Francisco comedy competition, then I went on the Johnny Carson show, and then I was in an episode of Taxi, and I signed a contract with NBC for a hundred thousand dollars. Now, you had to picture that in the days I was working there, that was 10 times the salary I was making a year in 1979. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was making 10,000 a year, and I'd already been shot and stabbed once. But what was funny is my mom was an old Pittsburgh uh, Irish Catholic. She's hilarious. I looked at her. I said, Mom, I just signed a contract for uh, – you know, $100,000 with NBC, and she goes, oh, don't you quit your day job. You got dental. <laughs> you never." She goes, you never quit a city job, son, ever. <laughs> never quit a city job. <laughs>
2: Whoa, that's a classic line there about dental.
3: <laughs> I knew you'd love that.
2: Oh, that isn't is that, so good. Well, that, I mean, you for, did a lot, though. I mean, you, you know, appeared with a lot of Stars. I mean, yeah. You know, it's well, amazing. Robin Williams
3: was one of my best friends and somebody I was the wingman for for, for well over 35 years, you know. Well, and, uh, you know, it's funny that life. you
2: would bring that up because yeah. I know you knew him well. Yeah, I wanted we to talk about him just for a moment. Uh, sure. What was your friendship like, and how would you describe Robin Williams? when he wasn't performing.
3: Well, Robin uh you know was a brilliant savant. He was beyond comprehension a genius and he was extremely shy. People would never have known that. He was a very quiet and very thoughtful person off stage and kind of a uh, uh, quirkily uh awkward at times and it needed somebody and i was a big gregarious guy in the bodyguard for for years because i would just stand with him and and tease and he would then he could come in and as long as i was with him we would laugh and have fun and i watched him raise his kids zachary and uh zelda and cody and uh and then he had uh two stepsons. uh Peter and Casey, uh, with his last marriage to Susan. And they were all wonderful people. Everybody, you know, I think that if you were to describe Robin, he was a man who uplifted spirits globally. People loved him. When he passed away, we went to his home, and there was about 100 trucks for newscasters on his street. It was overwhelming. And we were trying to protect his family from the onslaught of the media. And we were, all of the policemen I work with, uh, and the police women, we were overwhelmed looking at the sign of it as we drove around the corner. And uh, I don't think he even knew how loved he was in the world, globally, for the films that he had done uh, to help uplift people through depression and sadness and isolation. He was a remarkable spirit and an extremely kind, overly generous person to many of the great comedians of our day. He helped me with one homeless comedian that we, he literally, threw his money uh, and my work, uh, saved his life and gave him his life back. Remarkable story.
2: Wow. Um, I can't imagine how you felt when you heard this.
3: You know, uh, when later we found out after the autopsy that he had Lewy body, which is L-E-W-Y-B-O-D-Y, and his wife Susan described it as an octopus of chemical warfare in the brain, we came to believe that he probably had no clue what he was doing as he took his own life. But he was just suffering so greatly. And, uh, I choose to remember him not by how he passed, but by how he lived. And that was with a, a, a vibrant, loving compassion for, uh, for animals, for people who had disabilities, for the homeless, for the suffering poor, for, uh, for the wealthy. He was extremely compassionate to the wealthy, trying to help them understand. I remember one time, Joyce, the hardest laugh I had, he was working for Princess Di in uh, England at at a benefit, and he jumped off stage, and It was a wealthy dowager with many jewels. And Robin went, well, I see this evening you thought to yourself, I can either wear all these jewels, or the people of Africa can eat. Oh. I go wow I I go, Wow,
2: what a line
3: Well you know what? I'm with you. I
2: will remember him as one of the funniest people I have ever seen on T V or movies that could always make me laugh and brought joy to so many people. And with that, we're gonna go to break. We've been talking to Michael Pritchard who is Hollywood, national acclaimed speaker, youth motivator, changer, someone that is giving joy to so many right now. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
1: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Since
4: 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies.
5: Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index Best Place to Work. So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit highmark.com.
1: Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes, The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472
3: 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
2: Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Michael Pritchard. And, you know, we were talking about his career. Uh, TV and Hollywood, but he did something very, 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 very few people would do. You know, most people that I know that are in the entertainment industry think, oh my God, what would I do if I'm not in this industry? And then you have this person that said, no, nope, I'm rejecting offers from Hollywood uh, because I want to use my talent to inspire youth and adults. So why did you do that?
3: Well, I think uh, the main thrust of the work that I do is in healing, uh, Joyce. And uh, there's this moment. uh, I remember Dr. King said, there'll come a time in your life when you can do the right thing or look the other way. If you look the other way, you're already dead. Your spirit will die. And I knew that my spirit would die if my entire life was just bent on making money and being in show business as opposed to healing and helping. Uh, I had learned as a young medic in the military to take care of wounded. And I learned that pain shared is pain divided. And kindness shared is kindness multiplied. So I knew that I could really save and help a lot of people. And with the seven PBS series that I shot, traveling across America, listening to the kids talk about their lives and their pains and sorrows, and then filming the happy movie about the neuroscience of happiness and participating in so many other documentaries to help uplift people, I realized that I had made a really good choice to walk away what might have been a little bit more vapid and walked to something extremely powerful and important. And that was the act of uplifting humanity and, and my fellow American in ways and my fellow global folks uh, in ways that could really make change happen.
2: Well, you know, was there like some thing that happened, some trigger, or did you just decide this one day?
3: No, I had, uh, I had been self-destructive at times and I was, uh, because I had seen so much sorrow and I was filled with grief from seeing so much sorrow that, uh, I got into recovery and I figured out that I wanted to do something really, uh, powerful, uh, with what time I had left available because I had learned, I think, that, uh, when you were around the kind of violence that I had seen on the streets and, uh, and, and through the military, you realize that the most powerful gift you can give yourself is realize that there's a, a line in Latin, Tempus Fugit, Memora Mori, which means, time flies, remember death. And it's really an important thing for all of us to understand that we don't know what time we will go, but make good with what time we have. And that's what I intended to do, and so I've done so many things to uplift the human spirit through my work on PBS and through my work with children and uh, through the, like, the happy movement and uh, teaching people to meditate and pray and keep connected to the greater kindness and compassion of the world.
2: Well, you know what I have to say about this is you are a real star. (laughs) Because what you're what you're you're, doing now, can you
3: come to my house and say that to my wife and (laughs) kids?
2: Well, you are, because what you're doing now is so much more meaningful. Yeah, you know, it's it's worth some. I always say the power of helping one person. You just cannot put a price tag on that. You you really cannot, and that's what you're doing. I mean, Thank you've won you. so many awards, you've been on many venues, you've been on CNN, the Today Show, so many things uh, that just recently now, the Huffington Post, you have the film Happy, and your new uh, work that you just talked about, through all of this now, so that our audience understands, what is your main audience right now?
3: Well, you know, we just finished a really wonderful film with our post-traumatic stress disorder with our returning vets called uh, "Pathway Home: uh, Price of Peace," and uh, it's a wonderful film that Robin Williams actually narrated part of it. It's it's up on the uh, YouTube. You can see that. There's a, it's about an eight minute film about how to use laughter in helping men heal and writing. And our young troops coming back, uh, you know, I've I've been focused on that in the neuroscience of uplifting people past trauma and depression. And using humor as a great, great tool. I do the same work with uh, developmentally delayed kids and kids who are different and uh, kids who have disabilities. So that gift is to help seniors. I actually work in hospice now, taking care of dying people. and and laughing and teaching them to laugh at situations. It would seem, um, uh, you know, probably uh, anti-rational to think that we could actually do that to, to, to bring laughter and joy to dying people. But actually, I have to tell you that dying people become a lot like little children again in kindergarten. They love to be read to, nurtured, comforted, treated really well. And they have a sweetness to them. And a uh, little polite laughing and teasing is a really powerful gift to them as they tr- transition off the planet. And just making them laugh and, and, and just be comfortable. They're, they're very wise. They say remarkably brilliant things. I teach them things like I, I said to one of the fellows who's very wealthy. I go, you know, you're not taking this with you. The uh, pharaohs of Egypt thought they were taking it with them, but it's actually at the Rosicution Museum in San Jose. <laughs> yeah,
2: You know what? I think about that often, how they all thought with those tombs, all that gold, all those treasures right. were going to go with them, but they didn't.
3: Right. At the end of the chess game, the pawn and the king go back in the same box. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think there's a line that goes: uh, no matter how rich and powerful you are, how important you get to be, on the day you die, the size of your funeral still pretty much depends on the weather that day.
2: Doesn't that say it all? Doesn't that say it all? And and it is. It's so true. Well, well you know, I what, know you've been helpful. doing so many great things. I mean, I read your bio. I thought, wow, what am I going to talk about? Because he's <laughs> done so much. But one thing I was very interested in is kidsinthehouse.com. What, right. Can you tell our listeners about that?
3: Oh, yes. Uh, com is a wonderful web uh, place. It's like our web place that we have up for special affects for kids who are developmentally delayed. It's just me. And uh, my very close friend, who is a former Marine, uh, Big Steve Gatlin, uh, and he's the one who was went to Nigeria with a great crew of young uh, workers to work with all the kids uh, who are Down syndrome in Nigeria. Kids in the house is a treat, teaching people parenting, just talking to them about parenting. Uh, my oldest son has a big hit sitcom on Comedy Central. My middle son is an ER doctor up in uh, New York now, in, in Harlem. And then my daughter is a, you'll love this, a therapist.
2: <laughs> a therapist? And what is that? She
3: styles women's hair and listens to their life situations.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, I like that. I'm going to remember that name. That's what my sister was. I'll have to tell well, her that. Everybody tells their therapist
3: everything, right?
2: It's true, though. <laughs> it's, it's true. So you love this KidsInTheHouse.com, don't you?
3: I, I love Kids in the House because it's short, very good clips. And it gives me an opportunity to speak to them. Now, I went down and spoke at Bel Air School. It's an extremely wealthy school. And then I went over and I filmed all these things for them, these short clips. And it's just me talking about how do we parent? How do we help kids? How do we deal with bullies? How do we help them deal with bullies? And, you know, when you're talking about kids who get, uh, Joyce I had the most amazing moment. I had an uh, Asperger autistic kid get up in front of the entire school and gave this soliloquy. He said, I'm tired of you picking on me and teasing me and calling me this school loser and this school loner. You don't know me. I have high-functioning Asperger autism, and I have a hard time listening to noises. So, of course, I isolate. I want to be alone. I can't stand the noises. There's too much noise. It hurts my head. I would go home with a headache. But you don't know me, and you should get to know me because you should make a friend out of me and understand me. Chances are increasing you might have a kid like me one day.
2: Hey, I have a question that came in here. How do... Do you perform anywhere? Now they're talking, I think, about this work you're doing with young people, the speaking you do. Um, How do people follow you?
3: Well, uh, you know, I'm on the Facebook page, and I'm also on the web at Dr. Michael Pritchard. Uh, My email is drmichaelpritchard at gmail.com. And I have a a website, Michael Pritchard, they could see, and a web page. On Facebook as well, and you can track me down. There's many things, and every day I post up something positive. And uh, you know, I already have 5,000 followers, but my other they could like my other page and see many of the things that I do daily. With uh, I just spoke at Oak Hill School, and uh, you would have loved it, Joyce. I went. There was a little girl who was extremely brilliant at doing voices. And uh, she was so excited to meet me. Her name was Sophia. And she's 15, and she has autism. But she's really an auteur at noises and sounds and mimicry. So I went, and we filmed me talking to her, and I was doing the voices from Star Wars and Sesame Street, you know. Fear is the path to the dark. And she was so excited. She was so excited. Hey, that was good. I know, can you believe that? that, that Everything so the good. nuns told me at Catholic school not to do it again, I now get paid money for it.
2: Yeah, that was really good. Hey, before <laughs> we go to break, I do have to give a special shout out to Carolyn Hall because she was so thrilled you were going to be on the show uh, and loves you so much. I know she's listening. So, special shout out to her. Love you, and Carolyn. I'm going to get ready to go to break, and then we're going to be back to talk more to Michael Pritchard. This is Joyce Bender. America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back with Michael. News.
5: Opinion.
1: Your voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com.
5: At Highmark, we believe what makes us different makes us better. Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index best place to work. So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals, because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com.
1: Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788.
3: Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
2: Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Michael Pritchard. And let me tell you, it's a break. We were talking about how he also does hospice work. And as he said, uh, providing humor to help the person transition. And I was telling him that when my mother passed away, the people from hospice were wonderful, but I kept thinking, how do you do this? How do you know the person? And then, you know, they pass away. How do you do this? So how do you do it, Michael? <laughs>
3: You know, Joyce, I had a a couple of near-death experiences, and I think I was so unafraid. I always tell the kids that fear is the little dark room where negatives are developed. And that we must not be afraid. Death is a doorway. It's a transition, and people don't understand that. Uh, there's something bigger, greater, wiser, kinder, more compassionate. You know, if any one of us knows the poem, The Rainbow Bridge, we know that our pets wait for us on the rainbow bridge. And no different for us. And uh, teaching people to not be afraid to transition and to embrace your life as you go in a powerful way. And because you you find people that are so riddled, there was... Uh, we all know the transition that Scrooge went through and uh, they were describing Scrooge and I tell this to people you know when I'm with them I go they said Scrooge was as solitary as an oyster in his pain and many people who arrive at a hospice and they could be folks who had disabilities or struggles all through their lives have sometimes uh, bitterness in them and resentments, and you have to help them unburden themselves. And that's one of the keys. Um, you you have to <clears throat> unburden themselves and, and, and to speak out. There's a line by Aeschylus that every with every drop of pain on the heart, wisdom grows. So it's important for us to help them unburden themselves and learn uh, what... The description by Shakespeare was, always give sorrow words. Grief that does not speak, whispers to the over heart and bids it break. And I tell kids that tears that do not flow will make other organs weep inside of us. We have to cry, and we have Ooh, to allow. Yeah, yeah
2: that and, is so true. That is so true. By the way...
3: Cry, yeah, when you, we cry, you, we're unburdening.
2: Right. You, you When you quoted a Christmas Carol, yeah. I had a big smile on my face because Dickens is my favorite author, and this is my big quote here in my office when Marley said to Scrooge, "Mankind is our business." Yeah. you know and, and and the example you gave, so many examples from that novel apply so much to our life. Right. so many. But here you are, you're talking to all these young people across America doing those PBS series. Um, What would you say are some of the major issues, the major issues you hear from these kids?
3: Right now, the major issue is bullying, teasing, tormenting, the pernicious and vicious attacks that they have on each other anonymously on social media. It's, It's reached beyond epidemic proportion. It causes suicidal depression and suicide. And we're not addressing it as a culture. This toxic cynicism and sarcasm. And what I tell kids is a cynic is somebody who knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. And sarcasm comes from the Greek term, the tearing of flesh off another's spirit and what we have to realize is those are toxins to our our body they make us sick they're acidic to our spirit and what we need to do is be more forgiving forgive to live live to forgive let it go uh nobody can get your goat unless you tell them where it's tied uh my favorite oh. line is
2: how my, true my is that? My favorite
3: line to the kids, I, I was working in a prison with young men, and I said, You know, fellas, anger past 30 seconds is ego. And this kid raises his hand and he goes, And the ego is not your amigo. The ego
2: is not your amigo. How, how true is that? Yeah. You know, um,. I wanted to mention something. When you were talking about um, bullying, Right. high school students with disabilities are now bullied more than any other group. They're the
3: first ones to get up when I get them up. The first ones are always kids with disabilities, always. Yeah,
2: and I have lost some to suicide. Right. And, you know, like when we grew up, you go home on the weekend in your home. Now you go home and Facebook, Twitter, you know, you're ugly, you're weird. There is just no escaping this. And a lot of young people with disabilities listen to this show. So I just wondered if you could give them some advice.
3: Well, you stay hopeful. Optimism is a force multiplier. I've described a new word for kids, optimist stoicism. In other words, stoically optimistic, believing in good, believing in light. There is no struggle between the light and the darkness, right? I was talking to children, and I said, you guys, I was talking to second graders. You, you don't have to blow someone else's candle out to make sure yours shines brighter. And Joyce, a second grader, raised her hand and said, Mr. Mike, if you do go around blowing out other people's candles and bullying them pretty soon, you'll be the one in the darkness. I mm. wow. wow, wow, how brilliant wow. is that second grader at Hamilton School right here in Nevada, California, right where the Air Force Base is. I was wow. like, wow, yeah, brilliant. The other one I loved was, I said, don't overstand people, understand people. And the kid raised his hand and goes, yeah, but you know, Mr. Pritchard, maybe you should tell people that they should understand as well, understand other people and themselves.
2: Where are you finding these prolific and prophetic young people?
3: I mean, that is
2: amazing, the things people
3: are saying. Well, these are brilliant kids. Back in 2005 on Edutopia on YouTube, I did a, a show for George Lucas, a 10-minute film about my work in social-emotional intelligence. It's called Lessons from the Heart on, uh, by George Lucas on Edutopia. And there's a little girl who's nine uh, on there, and she said, Whenever I am being bullied, I feel extremely empathically towards that person bullying me. Wow. Nine years old. The kids are brilliant. There's a boy uh, in Denmark that just created a system to take all the plastic out of the oceans at 17. And when the research scientists developed what he was saying, that the currents could bring those, that plastic to us and we could clean it up in five years, they found out he was correct. This new generation of young people are sent to us to save our planet from us and our self-destructiveness. These are enlightened reinforcements that are sent. Stay, stick around, folks. There's a really wonderful generation of young people, enlightened, kind, thoughtful, conscious, m- you know, meditating and not medicating. I said, I said we've got to stop big pharma and start big dharma. <laughs>
2: Big Dharma. I like that. <laughs> yeah.
3: It ain't about, the- yeah, I spoke that to all the doctors, and uh, they love that. I say, we've got to stop Big Pharma because we've got too many pillionaires, P-I-L-L-I-O-N-A-I-R-E-S.
2: Yeah, I that that is so true, though. Well, you have the gift. You have so many gifts, but one is of raising money. You've raised over a million dollars for different charitable yeah. organizations. One is this Edutopia. Yeah, what is that?
3: edutopia is george lucas's uh education i think it's one of the best resources on planet earth i mean he's got if you go to edutopia he had a magazine for a while but he 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 closed it down there wasn't enough interest but on the web he has brilliant films and videos to teach us to parent to teach us how social emotional intelligence is i work with rutgers university with uh Professor Maurice Elias in uh, Rutgers on social emotional intelligence uh, for Lucas uh, Edutopia. He brilliant man, and uh, Sir Kenneth Robinson, brilliant men and women who are teaching to live in heart. And uh, when I raise money, I've raised millions and millions for other charities, but this is what's important is to help with the education to emotional intelligence. Uh, They asked Helen Keller, they said, Oh, Miss Keller, it must be hard for you to be blind. And she said, Well, it would be if I had no vision. Mm. We see with our hearts. Mm -hmm. And that's what I tell children.
2: See with your heart.
3: Right?
2: That was her, too.
3: Yeah, she lived that. I mean, she was... A remarkable spirit, and uh, she she taught people, uh, you know, how to not be a survivor. She was never a survivor. She was a prevailer and an overcomer.
2: And just as you're indicating, a giver. Yes. She gave so much.
3: But you get, you know, I, I I have to tell you something, Joyce. The other day, I was, you know, this is how kind people are. I had heart surgery, and uh, people were extremely worried. And 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 uh, I had to work a, a really sad homicide of a small child, and uh, that was my first gig, big gig back after my uh, surgery. And this is to let you know that there's so much quality goodness in so many remarkable people. I I kind of leaned back to my creator and I I looked up and I said, "Hey, this is the first gig back. All this grief I'm dealing with. Wow, that's a big that's a big thing on my plate." And a couple walked up. I, this is true, every word of it. Within three minutes, and said, "Mr. Uh, Pritchard, we want to give you a check for twenty five thousand dollars to buy a new car for yourself."
2: Are you because, kidding me?
3: No. And because your old clunker's falling apart and you need a good car. And I started to cry. I said, I don't have words. I don't have words. And they said, you don't need words. What you do is really important for our culture. And I started to cry. And so when I, all my friends were saying, are you okay? I said, yeah. I said, it's good news, but I'm overwhelmed. And I I got back in my car and I looked up and I said, this is kind of your way of telling me to shut up, right, Lord? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, that that is an amazing story though. Wow. It's all Talk true. about an angel. That is amazing.
3: Yeah. Well, there's goodness out there. There's such yeah, yes, great Yes, there people. is. And there people is goodness see, out there. People get it. People are wise. People are very smart. Like I tell the kids, brain wise, heart smart.
2: Mm. Yeah. It's so true. Well, hey, Michael, I mean, hearing you, I mean, I'm like, wow. I mean, you're, you know, just such a great person. You
3: just... I love you too, Joyce. What we're doing is really important. This is the stuff we lift, we gift, and we shift.
2: Well, you're definitely a giver. So <laughs> here's my question. I'm hearing you this whole show. I'm thinking, wouldn't it be great if everyone was like this? Wow, this man is so awesome. And so you have to have a role model. Because something, you know, there's someone you look up to, whether it's the past, present, but someone always has, uh, hopefully, a good impact on us. So, my question to you is who was your role model?
3: Well, I loved Mother Teresa. She lived a servant's heart. And having a woman as your role model, and that I pray the rosary every day. I'm a good Irish Catholic, and I have, uh, you know, a woman that I pray as an intercessor to. But Mother Teresa said, if you judge people, you will never have time to learn to love them. And so she was my role model as a servant's heart. She just served, and humbly when she went under the umbrella of Princess Di's passing away as well, Hardly anybody knew this great, humble person, and she would have chosen it that way. Uh, I think to remain humble in your service and humble in your heart and don't look for recognition or approval. They're, recognition or approval, they're fleeting at best. And in the toxic, pervasive uh anger that's around us now I think uh, many healers like even Robin Williams after he passed and he had done so much I read some of the comment sections from people and it dismayed me so much to read these you know pernicious things that people said about him and his life and and they had all these offerings you know and the same with Mother Teresa it's so good to just have somebody who gave Humbly, quietly, silently, and without any need for recognition or fame or fortune. But people noticed her, and they prayed to her because she will be a saint. And the same with uh, the Holy Father, uh, John Paul. I thought he, too, when I was with him, remarkable spirits that uplifted, and Pope Francis as well.
2: Oh, what a great man. What a great man he is. Yeah, um, and, you know, I'm Protestant. Me too. It doesn't matter. I'm a person of faith just like you. Yeah. That man is just wonderful. He really is. He is just wonderful. Um, and, and as you said, Mother Teresa just doesn't get better than that, and that's, right. that's a fact. So you have done so much. I mean, as I told you, I couldn't read everything you've done from your bio. Uh, my question is, Of everything you've ever done, what would you say is your greatest
3: accomplishment? Oh, my children. Uh, I think that I've been married to my loving wife for all these years, had some many, many great moments with my family. I was returning. My son, uh, the doctor, said to me, Dad, you've had to do so many death notices over the years. And I had to do my first one to a kid we lost in a gang shooting. And uh, it was really hard. And I, said, and I said, well, you compartmentalize within the compartmentalization, son. You have to learn that, that death is too there. And, and I said, I'm 66 now, son, and I'm getting old, and I don't want to see this kind of violence and do that. And he leaned over as I was driving, and he goes, I'm here now, Dad. I can help. And I started to cry as I was driving. And he looked over and he goes, what are you crying about now, Pop? <laughs> that I leave him and his brother and sister to do my work is the greatest gift.
2: Yeah. There isn't anything better than family. That, that no. is the truth. That is so true. Well, I mean, oh, my goodness. It's been so great having you On the show today. It has been awesome. Uh, And I thank you so much. Uh, But for all of our listeners, what message would you like to leave with them?
3: Well, that each and every one of us has an opportunity to choose to be optimistic, to be filled with hope, and to know we make a choice every day, bitter or better, wine or shine, complain or gain. The greatest gift we have in our lives is to remain hopeful of heart and believe in the springtime and humanity that's arriving. And to know that there are so many people out there that are filled with love and compassion and that darkness can never overcome the light. When the light arrives, the dark dissipates. So until the light does arrive, make sure you remember to glow in the dark.
2: Great advice. And one more time before we close the show, uh, Michael. Someone wanting to follow you, best way is
3: uh, just uh, get up on YouTube, and they can read, they can see all the things that I've done. There's so many videos on YouTube, and uh, watch the stuff on uh, the Happy Movie Bully Speech. Happy Movie is on. It's very sweet. Watch the happy film that's about neuroscience. Watch Dr. Waldringer talk about happiness uh in his uh, TED Talk. It's brand new, just came out. Uh, see many of the things in the happiness movement that we do to try and bring people to a higher state of consciousness, And uh, know that there are folks out there like me who love them very much. No matter how isolated and alone they sometimes feel, there's so many people that love them, pray for them, uplift them, and do everything to keep them happy and well. I as illness, we as wellness.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. Well, thank you again for being with us, Michael. And we end every show with a quote of someone that we believe has changed the world. The quote today is, no matter what people tell you, words and ideas can change the world, said Robin Williams. This Uh is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next
1: week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com.